well there. Hello. Happy Thursday and welcome. Welcome, welcome, welcome. To Time for Go to Bed. Brought to you by Voodoo Zombie Boutique. Brought to you by Voodoo Zombie Boutique. That's us. That's us. My constant obsession of selling things on eBay. It's wow. a store where you can find neat old things or VHS or DVDs or Blu-rays or whatever kind of physical media your heart desires. We've got some games. We've got some Atari games. We've got all kinds of stuff. Check yeah. it out. That's not... Yeah. We have a what? couple. Uh, do we even have Atari games listed right now? I don't think we do. Maybe not. I mean, oh, let's well. let's focus on what we really sell. Movies! Which is all kinds of movies. A movie for everybody. And Maybe uh, you like action movies. Maybe you like horror movies. Maybe you like... We even have some romances and some documentaries. Film noir. What? Film noir? That's great! Yes, it is. Yes, it is. It's lovely. <sighs> so, uh, yeah, um, I had an interesting conversation with uh, a prospective buyer on the uh, our, my signs by Kevin Conroy, voice of Bruce Wayne in Batman the Anim <laughs> Animated Series and Batman Beyond. I have a signed mm -hmm. copy of Batman Beyond the movie on VHS from 1999 by Kevin yeah. Conroy when I met him in person when I worked at the Warner Brothers Studio Store. And this guy's like, ha, 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 I'm in Cleveland too. So do you know if this is for real, his signature? And I'm like, yeah, I was there. I met him. Uh, I bought what I could afford, and that was two VHS tapes at the time uh, from the store for him to sign. And, um, you know with my employee discount and he signed them and last year i sold the mask of the phantasm one and uh i just sent an offer out on this one for i have it listed at 39.99 but i sent an offer for 28.50 just now but um and then he asked if i had any signed comics and i was like no i don't i only got those two tapes signed but um yeah so that's one of adam's favorite stories the time i met kevin conroy so yeah that's true and uh yeah, so uh, we've had a pretty decent selling week. Um, I'm okay, it's been to get okay. To our, our sold stuff. Um, we've still got some, but one bozo that hasn't paid us. But we've had some pleasant surprises uh, for things that we have sold. Uh, yeah. Over the last uh, last week, and uh, let me see. So last week we left off with. Um, uh, yeah, yeah. So, so uh, things that we've sold this week. We start with Kids of the Round Table from 1995. It's a, a DVD with Malcolm McDowell action. Oh, and Michael Ironside fantasy. Um, so yeah, uh, eight ninety nine for that. That was something I got for nothing. Um, <laughs> and then uh, if I don't know if you're you're following along with me, Suze, but. Uh, oh wait wait wait! I do have that open. I just didn't know yeah. we were doing it already. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, we might as well. What's we'll, the last? Uh, what's the last one you mentioned? Kids of the Round Table. That's. Uh, oh yeah. Yeah. 
adorable. So it's been a, a bit of a light selling week, but we've sold a second copy of something um, right above that, Suze. I'm going to kids. With their, oh, there it is. Combat Academy. The sold comedy DVD. Two copies of that now. That was a, t- ah. a TV movie, kind of like Police Academy. It had all kinds of, you know, uh, Robert Culp, Jamie Farr, um, uh, and uh, George Clooney. One of George Clooney's earliest roles was in that. And yeah. that's the second copy that I sold. This one is sold for fourteen. Uh, mm-hmm. And then um, a resale rental VHS copy <laughs> of a Lorenzo Lamas movie. Called CI2, CIA2, Target, yeah. Alexa. Sorry if anybody has a device that I just triggered. <laughs> um, and uh, this isn't about you. But it was a resold <laughs> rental. That one sold for $10.81. Uh, this is one that always sells. If I can get my hands on this, the one above that, Suze. The one above that is a Stargate 1994 DVD. The Ultimate Edition. With Kurt Russell. It really looks like a really boring edition, but it, it sold. Um, it sold. What yeah, can we say? People 14, want it. Yeah, fourteen ninety nine free shipping. I always sell out of that. The the movie Stargate. The TV show Stargate, not so much. Although we did sell a couple seasons a while back, which was kind of nice because it was combined shipping, and those things are heavy. So if mm-hmm. I can sell two seasons to somebody, I, I make more money. Um, sure. And then... Uh, Nine ninety nine, brand new. The Shadow Riders, nineteen eighty two DVD. Tom Selleck and Sam Elliott. Must mustaches as far as the eye can see. Nah. Uh, so many cla- more mustaches. Classic Western TV movie. I uh, was glad to see that go because I, I do not like having a ton of westerns. Although they do seem to sell from time to time. We got then, some westerns. We got some westerns, and mm-hmm. we just like that. Based on the westerns. The westerns are all stealing from martial arts, right? Yeah. So don't you think so? I think martial uh, the martial arts movies, the westerns are just stealing from them. Uh, maybe, but anyway. I don't know. Well, Kurosawa obviously did the uh, um, what was it? The uh, Seven Samurai, and then the Magnificent Seven was a western based off of that. Yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah. Uh, but Carousel, a lot of the first ones are stolen yeah. the ideas. So now for something, everybody. Yeah. Now for something completely different, the Brad Pack 1980s movies on DVD and CD. Uh, Breakfast Club, Sixteen Candles, and Weird Science, plus a music CD. And what's what? really. What's really cool is it came in like a three ring binder, a little a mini three ring binder, and um, it, uh, it it but yeah, and it and it just has plastic sleeves that flip on the little binder in the inside the little binder, and uh, we you know we got that in a lot of a whole bunch of stuff for fifty bucks, so we sold that for thirteen ninety. But it had that back to school vibe. It did. And it the, did. Yeah. Um. Uh. And uh, above that, uh, this one, uh, this is hilarious. Somebody messaged me, <laughs> what's the video and audio quality of this Captain Kid from 1945? I'm like, it's it's brand new. Do you want me to open it? Oh, we just sold something. Yeah. 
Oh, another, oh, this is good news. This is that's good the news. sound I'm addicted to, by the way. That's a, you that's guys. Good did news. you did they hear that or did, was it just it went me? through? It, just says, it went. Yeah, I'm sure they heard it go through the, my microphone. Yeah. Um, and uh, let me see. Uh, but yeah, the Captain Kid, 1945, uh, Randolph Scott, Charles Lawton, John Carradine, Pirates, um, and that was brand new, sold for eight bucks, free shipping, not bad. Uh, and the but the but yeah, I said to the person, I said it was a it was a Randolph Scott movie, so it was probably pretty big budget. So I have to think there's a lot of decent copies still surviving of this movie. So it probably is decent video and audio quality, but I can't guarantee anything. You know, I don't know. It's sealed. Um, that's a question I don't typically get from anybody. Uh, but then uh, above that, uh, Suze, that's been delivered already, which, which is good. Above that, Spaceballs 1987 DVD, brand new. Rick Moranis, 999. Why yeah. not? So, Mel, but yeah, sealed movies like that and you know like space balls princess bride stuff like that that stuff always sells um this one uh this is great uh day of the living dead 2014 dvd new i know i paid like a buck or a buck and a quarter for that i got 11.99 for it um thank god this one went too Suze. go ahead and take the next one <laughs> um bob's big plan oh no 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 day yeah, of the that's living it. dead that's it. I just read that. I, I took two. I took two. No, I just um, read Day of the Living Dead. Okay. Read, read so, the... yeah, Bob's Big Plan, 2005 DVD, animation for kids. Can't see you having a big psychological attachment to that. No, and, and I'm looking at it, and that's a pretty lame listing, because it doesn't even say Bob the Builder in the title. Um, but uh, Yeah. But it sold for $9.99. Uh, we're glad bye to get, bye. get yeah. rid of kids' movies uh, whenever we can. Um, foreign sale. Uh, this was also in that same lot that we got for fifty bucks that the '80s movies came in. Uh, My Left Foot, nineteen ninety, Daniel Day Lewis, Brenda Fricker. I remember when that was out, like yesterday. Oscar-winning biopic drama, twelve ninety-nine, free shipping. That's good. So I think we're about halfway to. Uh, and I think this one came from there too. Uh, sh branded from 2012, yeah. a former rental copy with Max von Sydow and Jeffrey Tambor, sci-fi conspiracy horror. Sorry, I took two. So, um, mm -hmm. but yeah, that uh, I got carried well. So, so I, I think we've made back half our money on that fifty-dollar lot with like four sales because I know we sold something else from that. Yeah. I just don't remember what it is. But go ahead and do the next one. Um, the Sci-Fi Boys. 2006 DVD fantasy horror movie special effects documentary. We sold that for $9.99. Yeah, I got that for. And that looks kind of cool. That looks cool. I mean. Yeah, it had Forrest J. Ackerman and Peter Jackson yeah. and Ray Harryhausen. A lot of really cool people. Now this yeah. is this is the trend that I like that we're we're starting. Well, then there's one we can <laughs> there's one we can skip. It's um, Saint Agatha horror movie they yeah. haven't paid, they haven't paid yet eight bucks oh they cough haven't it, cough it Ew. up oh Pay my up. gosh but this cough is the it up, dude you're not gonna get your no we, we that was the one where we put down new evil nuns exploitation and i wanted to put nunsploitation and you said no nobody's searching for nunsploitation 
Nobody's searching for an exploitation. Why not? Evil nuns <laughs> exploitation. Right. Right. They'll we'll find that. So this is the trend that I like. I, I talked about this a while ago, a couple <laughs> times on the show. Is I bought a big lot of Sinister Cinema releases. They are they're print on demand. It's a company that releases really obscure movies, and now all of them are listed. There's over fifty of them listed, and they were a pain in the butt. It took forever because they don't have barcodes. You have to look up the movies. You have to price them on your own because nobody has been selling this stuff on eBay. I, you know. Um, few people, but not a lot. Not really. Because a lot of people don't buy from Sinister Cinema. A lot of people don't know about Sinister Cinema. So uh, this is the first one that I sold, and I'm, I'm happy to report we've sold several. Now, I paid, I'll, I'll say I paid about $80 for the lot of 57 movies, um, maybe 90 after tax. Um, but yeah. uh, I've already sold three of them. And the first one I sold, 1999, free shipping. That's the two Gladiators from 1964 with Richard Harrison. There's so many Gladiator movies in here, and I have a watcher on a whole stack of them, too, which is really exciting. And I think that they would probably pretty easy to make because back in the day, you just go to the, you know, the local gym. You know, there were lots of... Guys that like to work out and hard bodies before Arnold Schwarzenegger jumped on the scene. Yeah. You got your gladiators. And you yeah. got your your well, uh, audience with people that like to look at naked, scantily clad naked men. Hey, you know, I they're mean, not naked, I, but... Well, I mean, they're... They're not wearing much. No, I mean, you know, I mean, there are guys who buy movies because there are women who are scantily clad in it. You know, it's why true. not? You know, so uh, you go ahead and take the next one above St. Agatha, Suze, because that oh. one is from that big lot that we paid 50 oh. bucks for. So there's another yeah, one. Yeah, that, that one. Well, that one was Twin Peaks Fire Walk with me. We sold that for $8 on DVD. I think we probably should have sold it for more because I really like having that in the store. It's a really cool movie, but it's it, probably it or it's a reasonable price. It so. doesn't make a lot of money. They're, they're, you know, yeah. it was a big movie, and a lot of copies were made. So that you know, that's where that yeah. goes. And um, I shouldn't charge more just because I really like the movie myself, right? Yeah, exactly. We own that. That movie. would be unprofessional. We own it. We so. own the entire Twin Peaks uh, uh, collection. Um, and then uh, Ghost Rider and Ghost Rider: Spirit of Vengeance DVD, Nicolas Cage, uh, brand new. Uh, that was eleven fifty sold for that, and now we're into what we sold territory for our audio portion of the show, which I don't mind getting to okay. a little bit earlier because I kind of want to talk about because um, then we can talk about uh, the sinister cinema movies and so um, much sinister cinema, yay! And I'm pretty excited about it. So uh, let me open that folder real quick and. Get uh, the current what we sold loaded. Did you hear? I'm, I muted one sneeze, but not the other. Oh, it's fine. You don't have to. It wasn't too loud. If you, if you got a sneeze, you get a sneeze. I don't care. Oh, so I had to sneeze. Okay, now the Ooh. audio for the first two are pretty good. Uh, the but the third one, it is not in English. It is the only thing I could find, and it has all kinds of audio dropouts in it. I could, if I had time. 
go back and clip it and, and, and stitch it back together. But I didn't have time and I wasn't about to stitch it back together. So uh, I'll tell you what that's all about. So, you know, see if you, you can understand the title in Spanish uh, when it gets to it. So uh, here we go. What we sold for 6-30-2022. You've all sacrificed so much to be here and be a part of this thing we're doing. This crew is made up of couples. It's the first ever large-scale colonization mission. And everyone back on Earth is really grateful for your hard work and your courage. We're making history here. This is wheat. What are the odds of finding human vegetation this far from Earth? Who planted it? You hear that? What? Nothing. No birds. No animals. Nothing. What happened here? Godzilla to fight our Monster Zero. Earth answered, and the most dreaded creatures ever to walk our planet are lifted into outer space. The stage is set for the mightiest battle ever seen by the universe in Monster Zero. ¿Qué puede pasar? Nada. La bomba caerá al mar. Una gran explosión nuclear la despertó de su largo reposo en las profundidades del océano. Sus efectos la enloquecieron transformándola en una bestia asesina. ¡Mirad eso! Y la leyenda se hizo realidad. ¡Rápido, remar, vamos! Serpiente de mar. 
Serpiente de mar. Su nombre se convirtió en sinónimo de muerte y destrucción para los hombres y embarcaciones que se cruzaban en su camino. No has oído. Se acerca una lancha como si hubiera, sin luz. Imbéciles. No sé a dónde pueden ir esos desgraciados. ¿Pero qué es esto? Una superproducción llevada al cine por José Frade y dirigida por Amando de Osorio. Serpiente de Mar. Con Timothy Bottoms, Tarim Power, Jared Martin y Ray Milan. Lo destruirá todo. Serpiente de Mar. La leyenda se hizo realidad. All right, there you go. Serpiente del Mar. Um, that's uh, The Sea Serpent from 1985, uh, Spanish movie, uh, with Ray Meland and Timothy Bottoms. And um, uh, it's that was a Sinister Cinema one. I sold that for um, $19.99. So that was the second one. That I yeah. sold for for nineteen ninety nine because I sold the uh, uh, the what was it the the two gladiators I sold that that for nineteen ninety nine this one for nineteen uh, nineteen fifty for the sea serpent and then I, we just sold while we were on the air uh, w one called um, uh, seven from Thebes I think uh, selling uh, nope nope. Notifications. Yeah, Seven from Thebes, 1964. Andre Lawrence, Lena von Marston, Sword and Sandal action. Um, Sword and Sandal, but is it a gladiator? Uh, yeah, kind of. Um, yeah. But gladiator movies fall under Sword and Sandal. Um, yeah, we had a so. lot of historical Rome ones, you know? Yeah. It's fascinating. So pretty oh, cool. There's, there's another one that we have that actually... Uh, is about the other city that nobody ever talks about uh, that was destroyed by Mount Vesuvius, not Pompeii, but uh, Herculaneum. Um, so the, uh, but yeah, this one is it says uh, Italian sword and sandal uh, seven from Thebes. Thebes has come under attack from the cruel domination of Sparta. Diomedes and several of his allies uh, arrived to unseat the Spartans. And action, romance, and drama ensue. Um, but, uh, yeah, so I just... Yeah, so that one just sold. And this is the disclaimer that I'm putting on all of them. Um, I put it... Here's a super nice mail-order DVD copy. Because I was worried about the whole DVD, DVD, uh, DVDR thing. Um, but oh, I looked it up a while back because I had something else that was a DVR, DVDR that I wanted to sell. And so I put... This is a burn and print on demand copy uh, from the company Sinister Cinema. The package is rather generic, except for the front, spine edge, and DVD. There is no special information regarding the film on the back. 
and the DVD menu is very basic. Sometimes they throw in a bonus trailer, but it's mostly no frills, but they always uh, put out rare and interesting content. Snag this, That's true. So, yeah. um, so I, I put it all in there. I think it's pretty easy to tell that there are, the, the DVD has a printed label on it. I mean, nobody should be complaining about mm -hmm. that. I mean, you know, it has a printed label on it. Um, yeah. But but I put burn and print on demand. You know, so that I, I'm covering my basis for anybody who might not be satisfied with, with what they're getting. But I'm taking pictures of every possible angle of the thing too. So yeah, yeah. Uh, so. If, if somebody complains and says that they didn't know what they were getting, I've really, really covered all my bases on that. So, mm -hmm. uh, yeah, you can, if, if you make it to Cleveland for a visit, you could spend a day interning for me. Yeah, absolutely. You can help me alphabetize and categorize <laughs> some shit and put some shelves up. Um, interning. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, unpaid internship. Um, uh, we'll give you, all, we'll give you all the stuff that we're going to take any, it, we'll give you uh, 20 DVDs out of our yard sale bin for free. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> really great VHS too. So, uh, so yeah. So now, now you miss the nineties, don't you Adam? <laughs> so, uh, uh, what, what's great now is so if we, if we tally up what I've sold uh, the, you know, before my fees, I've got two of them that I sold for twenty bucks. One of them I sold for twelve ninety nine. So let's just call that, you know, uh, roughly minus fees and everything, maybe forty to forty five. So yeah, that's like half my money on three DVDs out of a lot of fifty seven. Yeah. So and I have watchers on a lot more and some really interesting stuff. But that sea serpent movie is is wild. Uh, but yeah, I could. That's how obscure this stuff is. Is the only trailer I could find was the Spanish one, and it was in horrible shape with all those dropouts. Um, and uh, so anyway, back to back to what we sold. We just sold a VHS copy of Godzilla vs. Monster Zero. That has a different name. Um, uh, I'm gonna but, have to say, be right back. Okay. Okay. And uh, I sold that for nine ninety nine, which is funny because somebody sent me an offer the other day. They wanted it for eight bucks, or they wanted it for seven ninety nine, and I counter offered eight ninety nine, and they didn't refused. And then along comes a buyer who just said, "Okay, I'll give you nine ninety nine for it," and gave me the nine ninety nine. And that tape, I that tape was free. I, I got like a handful of Godzilla movies for free from somebody in a, in a trade, essentially. So it wasn't really really free, but it was close enough to free. Um, and then, uh, of course, the first thing that you heard there, that it was the last thing we sold, uh, before we went on air, uh, Blu-ray copy of Alien Covenant, uh, really nice set, and again, I love that movie, um, and I still have my copy, I've got the super deluxe copy of Alien Covenant, and, and that's sad, that's one of the biggest tragedies of the modern, modern day, uh, that we will not get the full Ridley Scott prequel trilogy to the alien franchise because the you know i mean i i don't how much money do these things need to make i mean it was a great movie and so is prometheus and you know i'm just really sad that uh, the that franchise has just been left to die and then be rebooted again i guess they're making a television series for hbo or something i don't know what they're doing but they're dragging their feet um and um but yeah, so but the sinister cinema stuff, I'm I'm really happy about that that purchase. I, I was a little wary of it at first, but I was just like, if anything, 
those are movies that I'd like to own, you know, because and it was cheap. It's cheaper than buying direct from, you know, um, from Sinister Cinema. And all these discs are super clean. It looks like the guy maybe watched them once and just put them away. Um, so, uh, but, but yeah, so, uh, and if this pays off, I might order other titles from Sinister Cinema and put them back in the store because I don't think people know about the company and it's not like I'm trying to trick them or anything. I just think that people don't like doing mail order from specialty companies like that as much as they like doing, you know, mail order from eBay and Amazon. Um, you know, uh, and the funny thing is. I don't even think their websites on the DVDs. I, I think it's just their mailing address, which is crazy. Um, and so I don't know when they they put these out. I think they must have put them out in the early two thousands, uh, because I, and I used to do mail order VHS tapes from Sinister Cinema. I still have a few um, that I've mentioned on the show before. Um, also, I should mention uh, before Suze gets back. Uh, it came from Cleveland. We're not going to be on tomorrow for the, the holiday weekend uh, of, of a variety of different reasons. Uh, and I'm sure you guys saw the aquarium disaster that Miles and Michelle had. Uh, that's part of it. Uh, but Joe wasn't going to be available. And uh, so we just decided we'll, we'll take the week off for Independence Day. But Susan and I wanted to be on the air too tonight. Um, and, you know. Hey, you never know. You might hear uh, some little Baghdad action here tonight. Who knows? Um, but um, are you back with me, Suze? So uh, I don't think she is. But the um, but yeah, again, you know, going back to the sinister cinema stuff. Uh, there's, you know, some of the titles. Let me let me look that up. Uh, that was it was a lot of work on those because I really went in. There are very few that have bare bones descriptions on them. You know, sometimes if it's just like, yeah, it's another gladiator movie. All right, snag this sword and sandal, rare sword and sandal gem for your video collection while it lasts. But <laughs> I always try to put something in on those. But yeah, so if we enter uh, cinema, okay, so I'm typing in. Oh, no, no, I don't want that in the title. I want that in the... Well, let me see. How many results? Okay, we. it looks looks like just about all the results came up. So, um, let me see. Uh, item title. No, I want the item description. Okay. Sinister... Yeah, Sinister Cinema. Search. Okay, so only 44 things came up. So I think that there's probably others. I don't know why the other ones aren't coming up, but there, I know there are more. Uh, but it, there's weird stuff in here. There's like a serial from the 1933, uh, Rin Tin Tin Jr., The Wolf Dog. That is like a rare two-disc set from Sinister Cinema. <laughs> Which I wonder, what, if, mm-hmm. if Marnus is the, is that the co- Lassie's competition at the time? Uh, I think the Rin Tin Tin Rin Tin Tin predates Lassie because Lassie came oh, out. Oh, does he? This okay. was 1933. So, um, yeah, Rin Tin, uh, yeah. Um, then there's a movie, uh, Death Falls Lightly from 1972. Uh, mm-hmm. some horror thriller. Uh, Challenge of the Gladiator, 1964. P- 
Peter Lupus, Italian Sword and Sandal Action. Colossus of the Arena, 1962, Mark Forrest, Dan Vadis. Mark Forrest and Dan Vadis were in a bunch of these movies. Sword and Sandal Action. The Sweet Sound of Death, 1965, uh, Carlos Lemos. Creepy Spanish Atmospheric Horror. Brennus, Enemy of Rome, 1963, Gordon Mitchell, Ancient Rome Action Drama. The Triumph of Machiste, I don't know how to say it, uh, but that's the son of Hercules, uh, I think. Uh, I think Atlas? I don't know. Um, and that has Kirk Morris, I don't know, Sword and Sandal, Triumph of the Ten Gladiators, Terror of the Black Mask, that's a, an Italian adventure movie, sort of like Zorro. Uh, Caesar the Conqueror, 1962, Thor and the Amazon Women, Spartacus and the Ten Gladiators, uh, Siege of Syracuse, Crimson, the Color of Terror. That's a Paul Nashy. Oh my god, I misspelled Nashy in that. I need to edit that. I put Paul Bashy. <laughs> B and N are right next to that. each other. We do that all the time. We but, find each other's typos the next day or... Yeah, well... And when you're typing up 10 listings, you know, <laughs> uh, things get hairy. But yeah, so it's Paul Nashy. He's a big uh, Spanish horror icon. Um, mm -hmm. And uh, he did all kinds of stuff. But this one, that one, uh, Crimson the Color of Terror, sounds horrible because it's about, like, a head transplant and a criminal's oh, head. Oh, God. Yeah, exactly. So, awful. Yeah. And, um, but yeah, there's just tons of these things and, you know, and a lot of them have watchers on them and I love it. And again, mm -hmm. they've only been listed for, I think the first ones I started listing were about a week ago and I've already sold three of them. So that's positive for me. So, um, uh, oh yeah. And Joe says, no, actually Rudd Weatherwax was inspired to train dogs from watching Rin Tin oh. Tin in the old See, I knew he'd have something to say about that. I figured. Knew yeah, we so. would. But, That's um, interesting. But yeah. But this one looks fun. It's uh, I watched a little bit of it, and it's a it's a twelve I think a six six or twelve part serial. I don't know. Um, but it's a Rin Tin Tin Junior, the Wolf Dog. He's a, a good looking uh, German Shepherd. Uh, the yeah. picture on the cover though is kind of terrifying. It's an illustration in the yeah. In, and the mouth on the dog looks a little too human, kind of. You yeah. Know? I, so. I remember when I saw that, I was like, <clears throat> is this another horror? Is this another wolf dog man kills everyone movie? No, yeah. it looks it looks like they wanted it to be cute, which is always funny. Makes uh, me laugh. Yeah, I want to see if I can find that. Uh, that. Oh, gosh. Yeah, there it is. I want to see there if I can is. find the movie <laughs> movie poster for that, so so you guys can see kind of how disturbing the mouth on the dog <laughs> is, because it doesn't look anything like that. He's just a German shepherd. He's a he's a very beautiful looking German shepherd, and then this this nightmare of terror um, uh, <laughs> drawing of this dog. Uh, save image as um, yeah, it's twelve thrilling chapters. Um, and let me see. Pretty exciting. Desktop. But and that's pretty much what they do for the cover art on most of these sinister cinema uh, print-on-demand movies. 
is they basically yeah. just get an old movie poster or a lobby card, um, and uh, and that's pretty much it. So, but yeah, mm. here's here, here's the. Uh, Here's the image of Rintint and the wolf dog from the poster. That ain't right. That mouth ain't right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, see, when I first glanced at that, I was like, that's a horror movie. No, no. I think it's supposed to be just cute. Yeah. It's and not. The, and Joe, you'll be interested in knowing this. Uh, the dog, the dog's name in Rintintin Jr., the wolf dog... Um, Ren Tintin Jr. is the actor dog, but he plays a dog named Pal in Aww. in in there. So, uh, so uh -huh. and, and Pal was uh, there's a history with the name Pal in the uh, the Marnest pups. Um, so in the Lassie dogs. So and I don't I don't want to misquote, but I think Pal was uh, one of the I think one of the first Lassies, or if not the first, I don't know, but. Um, but yeah, so uh, this was, um, uh, I'm sure Joe will put it out there for me. Um, but yeah, so so these these are really, um, yeah, the the eyes look human too. Uh, yeah, Fox they do. says that. Yeah, so. Um, That's why but, when I saw it first glance, I thought, this is a werewolf movie. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, a werewolf movie. No, no. Nope. And then it said wolf dog, and I was like, oh, I don't think it is. His nose is awfully uh, scrunched up like he's he's angry, too. Yeah, so. like he's angry. But you know what? That's one of those things where it's like when I don't think people realize, like maybe that poster was out in the 30s or something, how to manipulate people because it's in red and black. Okay, if you want something to look cute, you don't put it in aggressive colors like that. Yeah. You don't make a dog smiling like that because it yeah. looks like it's going to bite you. You know, like it's it's like it's kind of a good example of a bad communication, I guess. You know, yeah. I don't know. But it's uh, pretty scary to me. But anyway, so yeah, I've 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 very high hopes for these sinister cinema movies. I mean, uh, you know, again, I, we were just getting ready to talk about it, and one sold while we were on the air. So, um, but uh, and Joe is typing, so I'm sure he'll uh, he'll keep me mm -hmm. infor informed on the name Pal. I just know that that I saw that, and I was like, well, that's pretty interesting that his name is Pal, you know, and that was a a big name. For of of one of Rudd Weatherwax's first dogs. Yeah, um, Ken and I have talked Foxfire about um, creepy. Uh, what was it called again? Pal was the, the original Lassie. So. Oh, Pal yeah. was the original Lassie. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, okay. it, with uh, Roddy McDowell and Elizabeth Taylor, mm. and he was a, he was a rescue. No. So but he looks like he was. I mean, Lassie was a thoroughbred, right? Uh. I believe so. Yeah, I think no, it was a it's college. A rescue. Yeah, so, I'm sure Marnus will have something to tell you about that. But um, Foxfire was talking about um, how the eyes look like people eyes. It's it's funny because we were talk Ken of Ty have talked about what makes something uncanny valley. You know, like it's kind of too human, or it's kind of like it just makes you unsettled when you're just like, what's happening there? You know, like mm -hmm. the Sonic cartoon it's just a little too not cartoony it's a little too human 
and it creeps you out a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, but there's that, a, I think that's a decent example. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of CGI and stuff. There's, you know, I mean, one of the more recent examples was that new Sonic the Hedgehog movie where they gave him like yeah. super superhuman teeth and stuff. Um, it's a little bit too much, you know, a little yeah. bit much. But um and of course, since we have more listeners now, I just wanted to um uh Sorry, I'm trying <laughs> Um, I just, it, since we have more listeners, I just want to remind everybody that I just saw something that made me laugh. Uh, I want to remind everybody that it came from Cleveland. It will be off tomorrow, uh, for Independence Day weekend. And I want everybody to have a safe and happy 4th of July and, and uh, chillaxing, all yeah. chillaxing yeah. all the time, all the live long day. Make I think we should tell everyone why our property values have just gone way up. Well, that's silly. We don't know if that's the... Uh, um, uh, like, you've been doing this podcast for... Well, a podcast for, what, 15 years or 10 years? I don't know how many years. And there's always in the summer that horrible guy that makes the horrible noises. We think he moved. Maybe. We think we're not, we're too, we're not hopeful enough, but we think he might be riding his motorcycle loudly and screaming and swearing on the street somewhere else. And I know that, I, I don't know, maybe, maybe I shouldn't share that, but I, it just makes me so happy. It makes me happy because I know it's going to be really boring around here. And I like that a lot. Yeah. Uh, no stupid drama or less stupid drama. Yeah. So, uh, but yeah, so we, we had some, uh, you know, uh, some success with, uh, again, uh, keep going back to the sinister cinema. The sinister cinema, I think is going to be the new kind of nice supplement to the, the slim cases. And I officially have listed every last stinking martial arts, double feature slim case that I own. And the, because those have been selling, um, and, uh, that was, uh, uh, just, uh, you know, a, a feat in and of itself. Um, but, uh, anyway, um, I, I thought, uh, for a special treat, we, we would, uh, um, maybe read some of those, uh, articles, or not articles, but there was a BuzzFeed story that I, I was reading this morning and just laughing my ass off. And um, the uh, you're probably right, Susan. And um, yes. But yeah, this is an article from BuzzFeed, and it is absolutely hilarious. Oh my god, it was dying. I sent this yeah. right to my brother and sister. Not that and, they've read it. And this is the article. It says, Younger siblings reveal lies they were told by their older siblings, and, and they range from hilarious to diabolical. <laughs> and uh, the, I'm going to I'm gonna pick my favorite ones. I'm going to pick the darkest <laughs> ones. This one is hysterical. My older brother convinced me for years as a, as a child that when the Teletubbies would say tubby, tubby, bye-bye, they actually got shot and new actors would replace them with each episode. <laughs> I used to cry my eyes out whenever they said tubby, bye-bye, because I genuinely believed that they were all going to be killed. <laughs> so, um, 
uh, let me see. Oh, this one's great. On a rare night out for my parents, my oldest sister held a seance with the lights out and only candles to see with. A very young me and my even younger brother believe we were visited by the ghosts of George Washington and his dog. <laughs> just, just like she said. Uh, it took about a year for us to realize that it was our other sister wearing a sheet and our dachshund under a towel. <laughs> <laughs> and his dog. Uh, the, the, now this one, I love this one. I have an older brother and sister. They had a scheme going for months, convincing me that they were aliens and I was the only human in the family. They told me they could read each other's minds and would do little tricks to prove it. At one point, they got my unknowing mother on it. My mom knew a, a, a magic trick, uh, knew the trick to a magic trick, and uh, I don't understand that, and guessed the answer I was thinking. I was terrified. It all came to a head when my parents bought us a ping pong table for Christmas, and they were trying to sneak it into the basement. Um, my brother and sister came and got me in a panic saying mom and dad were bringing in our spaceship and they were going to leave. Once I went to bed, I cried and cried and that's when they felt bad and came clean. We're all adults now, uh, with kids of our own and they hate when I bring it up. <laughs> they hate when you bring it yeah. up. <laughs> um, let me see. Oh, this one's short and sweet. My older sister convinced me that we had a younger brother who was lost in the dryer. <laughs> uh, That's amazing to me. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, there, and then there's a, uh, yeah, my siblings loved to torment and gang up on me as a kid. Out of the three of us, I was the only one who attended a preschool call, called the Growing Garden. They convinced me on multiple occasions <laughs> that I wasn't born from my mother but rather sprouted from the growing garden and walked through the door it was an elaborate way to convince me i was adopted which is classic and they would make me hysterical they also hid all the baby photos of, of me to make it seem real <laughs> um so and, evil and let me see um uh that one's kind of funny uh no, that one's too long and not that funny. I um, did convince while you're looking for something. <laughs> I convinced my little sister that uh, the nearby park was the site of an ancient civilization. And I, I would like sh shell her different things about this ancient civilization. It was near the dump. But so yeah. I, would, I would show her different things. <laughs> nice one. Oh Michelle. my god, that's disturbing, Michelle. <laughs> I love it. Um, Whoa, that's great. So, uh, <laughs> my older brother had me convinced that if you held in your fart, the smell would somehow leak through your skin and smell even worse. I was five and believed it till I was around twelve. For seven years, I let out every fart out of the fear my fart would leak out of me. Oh. Uh, it's That's true. It, it is true. Just so you know. Don't and, hold that stuff in, guys. And it just let me see. smell worse slowly. Uh, my mom's brother is eight years older than her. He convinced her that the word spatula was a swear word. <laughs> <laughs> it is. Spatula you. It is a swear word. I'm the youngest of three, and my 
my brother was the oldest. He made me watch one of those old Godzilla movies versus a giant spider. I was maybe three or four. He told me that spiders grew that big, and I believed it until the fourth grade. <laughs> <laughs> Terrifying. Um, and uh, let me see. Uh, let me. Uh, um, no, that was uh, lame. So fun. Uh, let me see. Uh, oh yeah, this one's great. This one made as hell. When I was little, my sister told me that when I got sick, it meant God forgot I was alive. <laughs> <laughs> it meant God forgot I was alive. <laughs> That's what it feels like when you get a bad, bad cold or the flu. You're like, why is this happening? Oh, this one's Fox good. Fire, did you see Foxfire told her three-year-old cousin that he'd get sucked down the drain if he pulled the plug out of the bathtub? And he refused to take a bath for a long time, like years. <laughs> That's imagination, man. That's imagination. And uh, uh, you know yeah. what? Let's face it. It's fun to lie to the little kids. They believe you. Yeah. My sister only right. told stupid lies to me when I was a kid to cover her I own, did, too. Like, to, I didn't tell cover, her just lies, lies. To cover. I, to, I told her to, obscene lie. Absurd lies, I guess I say. My sister was hmm? my si my sister wasn't smart enough to tell me yeah. good lies. She only told me uh, 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 my half sister. Sorry, I need to emphasize that uh, who I've disowned. Um, she uh, she would only tell me lies to cover up for her own diabolical little deeds, like where she would oh, get where she got all the money she used to steal and shit like that. Um, give me a quarter to keep me quiet. Um, she was a criminal. Yeah. Uh, even so, uh, well, I don't want to get into it that much. I just wanted to say yeah. that I, I, I did. I wish I had That's a sibling, fine. a sibling that would lie to me like this. Um, this one's hysterical. I love this one. My sister <laughs> had, had a game uh, that was for ages eight and up. Eight and up. I wasn't allowed to play because I wasn't eight yet. When I finally turned eight, she used a pen to change the t age to ten and up. <laughs> Not sure why I fell for this one, but she convinced me that the manufacturer changed their minds about the age requirement. Oh, God. <laughs> um, uh, let me see. The uh, I'm looking for... Oh, this one's hysterical. I was around four and brushing uh, my teeth myself. I always swallowed my toothpaste after brushing. The more uh, my parents told me, the, uh, the more my parents told me not to, the more I did it. So they recruited my sister, who was a couple years older, to help me stop her solution. <laughs> she told me there was an old lady who lived in my stomach, and it was her job to clean my tummy and sweep the poop out. I was killing her when I swallowed the toothpaste. <laughs> would I want to, Would I want someone to kill my grandma and not be able to poop on top of that? Talk about overkill. I'm not sure how a six-year-old came up with that or when I realized it wasn't true, but I can honestly say I never, ever swallowed toothpaste again. <laughs> <laughs> you are killing um, the old lady in your stomach. <laughs> so bad. I miss this one. Billy. I miss old this one. Lady. My older brother can... My older brother convinced me that when you flush the toilet, there can be toilet monsters that come out and eat you. So for a portion of my childhood, I would run out of the bathroom as fast as I could after flushing. Um, 
<laughs> and the monsters would just come out of the toilet and go, where is he? Darn. Uh, I gotta we find... missed him again. Uh, I, I need to find the other one real quick, because there's the one the about the tonsils. <laughs> oh, yeah. That, that one was my one. favorite. Yeah, here it is. My older brother, my oldest brother tormented me. He told me, um, he told me I was adopted and I started crying and ran, uh, and ran to tell my mom what he said. Guess what? I was adopted, but that's not the way they wanted to tell me. (laughs) The same brother told me that after I had my tonsils out, (laughs) that they'd cut off, cut my head off, (laughs) removed my tonsils and then sewed my head back on. And that's the reason why my throat was so sore from all the stitches and took to reattach my head. (laughs) That is so sinister. That is. (laughs) He's he's dying. He's seriously dying. Are you gonna? He's he's having trouble breathing now. Oh my god, that's so funny. (laughs) Little Frankenstein monster. Oh, Michelle. Oh gosh, that's so gross. That's the monster in the toilet, Michelle. That's that's from Killer Killer Clowns from Outer Space. But cut your head. Yeah, yeah. So, so many. Um. Oh, my gosh. oh yeah, that's the one. Yeah, I okay. I tr- I, yeah. I did. I didn't get to it as quick enough. The Ghoulies one. Um. But uh, yeah. I just saw those this morning and was just laughing my ass off. It's so funny. But yeah, I mean, I, I that's. I never lied to little kids. Uh, you know, I I've you never were was the youngest. Of course you didn't. I did, yeah, I didn't have a younger younger cousins or anything like that, you know. So, uh, you know, uh, but you know, I had neighbor, you know, kids in the neighborhood would always try and tell me stupid lies, you know, and I'd have to get them debunked, you know. Mm-hmm. So, but it's uh, fun anyway. to be cruel to small children, not yeah. too cruel, just a little bit, just a little bit, <laughs> just a little bit. It's I'm I'm glad I'm not around. Yeah, um, but uh, but yeah, that that though that I, I usually hate BuzzFeed articles, but that one uh, w- was delightful. Um, yeah, and uh, but uh, yeah, so um, well, here we are. We're almost at the top of the hour. We're gonna shift gears and get back to the Patchwork Girl of Oz, and not talk about kids oh. getting their heads cut off to have their tonsils removed. <laughs> Can you imagine? I can just imagine him saying, Well, they had to cut your head off. And the reason why your throat hurts is because they had to stitch your head back on once they removed your tonsils. And the little kid's like, Oh, it all makes sense. Oh, 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 uh, we can also, uh, before, uh, when we come back, I'll give an update on uh, the Voodoo Zombie video DVDs uh, we're working on. Yes, yes. So, uh, all right. Let's we're, do we're, it. Uh, yeah. So. Yeah. <laughs> just keep cutting me off so I can't say anything and I'll be good. So. <laughs> um. But yeah. So we'll we'll uh, talk about that when we come back. Uh. And I guess we'll just play. Um. Where are I? Gotta find something here to play. I just keep playing the same old crap. Uh. Here is. 
Hmm. Man, I wish I had something different. We're just going to have to play uh, some cereal commercials. N uh, yeah, there we go. Come to the honeycomb hideout. I'm Mr. Big and I'm tired of small cereals. Give me something with a big, big bite. Honeycomb Nutritious breakfast for folks, honeycomb gives you a big bite. Big, big bite. It tastes right. Honeycomb bite. It tastes right. You like my coat? It's made of golden sugar. Mmm. Tastes like the golden sugar coating on the super sugar crisp. Hey, boss, look. Yeah, a golden bear. Hold on, this is a golden sugar coat. Mmm. It's just like my cereal's golden sugar coating. Golden sugar coating makes my cereal sweet, sweet, sweet. Yeah. And post super sugar crisp cereals part of a balanced breakfast. I love your cereals golden sugar coating. That's why they call me Sugar Bear. Maybe you're sort of tired of eating the same old thing day after day. Maybe you'd like to try something different, something delicious, something with a marvelous flavor that just knocks the spots off any other cereal you've ever tried. Now, if that's the case, why don't you ask your mother to let you have a big bowl of crackly, crunchy, golden brown Wheaties Flakes tomorrow morning. Ask your mother to let you have a cereal you'll really like the taste of. Ask her for the big husky cereal for wide awake fellows and girls who not only start things, but who see them through. Your mother will be mighty glad to let you have Wheaties too. For most any fellows or girls mother wants to see them eat a big bowl of a nourishing whole wheat cereal every morning. And your mother probably knows too that authorities now recognize that Wheaties supply the very same amount of heat-producing units you need to help keep your body warm these cold winter days as a cooked cereal does. So you can be sure she'll be glad to let you have all the Wheaties you want to eat this winter if you ask her for them. Remind your mother to always look for the famous seal of acceptance of the Committee on Foods of the American Medical Association whenever she buys Wheaties. That seal means much to her. It tells her that Wheaties are a pure product honestly advertised. And another thing, remind your mother that lots of grocers are featuring Wheaties and bananas now. Ask her to get some of each next time she goes to the store. Try that delicious breakfast combination tomorrow morning. You'll say it's well. Try Wheaties, they're whole wheat with all of the brand. Won't you try Wheaties, for wheat is the best food of man. They're crispy, they're crunchy the whole year through. Jack Hampton never tires of them, and neither will you. So just buy Wheaties, the best breakfast food in the land. Snap, what a happy sound. Snap is the happiest sound I've found. They clap, rap. Hey, B, no way a little dude like you is gonna change my ways. It's 
time you were tempted with the taste of nuts and honey. Hulk Hogan doesn't eat nuts and honey. Did you take this? An unbeatable part of this nutritious breakfast. That's better than a body slam. Undefeated. And still champion. It's a honey of the It's honey that Cheerios. Time for go to bed. Ah, yes. It's a honey of a no. It's honey nut Cheerios. Yes, and yes. Body slam. Yes. Uh, yeah, so, hi everybody, welcome to story time, the story time portion. But, before we get to the story time portion, we should talk about, uh, the DVDs, the Voodoo Zombie video mm -hmm. uh movie uh, the anthologies of public domain material that we're making uh i successfully downloaded a uh dvd program that has several mm -hmm. pre-made pre menus that are decent that i can customize the text on and add whatever videos and stuff i want to them and uh uh, I, I did one so far that has, uh, Reefer Madness, uh, uh the Cocaine Fiends, and, mm -hmm. of, uh, 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 food and, <laughs> food and Drug Administration documentary, a trippy documentary called The Mind Benders, and then it has some other, uh, some short films about drugs on there, too. Um... <laughs> So I was able to get all that to fit. I'm excited about that. I uh, did another one with um, uh, Night of the Living Dead and House on Haunted Hill. Uh, and was able to get some Halloween shorts in there. Like Halloween trick-or-treat safety stuff. Uh, so that was fun. And I started doing one. There are two public domain like anime movies. And I mm -hmm. want to release those eventually and load them with um, the le less uh, the least offensive short public domain cartoons from like I mean <laughs> there's there's stuff from Disney there's stuff from Looney Tunes um, there there's all kinds of stuff that's public domain um, that but some are quite offensive some, some are yeah. quite nasty I mean I, you just hold your breath ugly. wait you're just holding your breath for something racist to happen in, in most yeah. of these cartoons and it's a cartoon. It's like, what are we? What are you doing here? Yeah. What are you doing? People yeah. were very lazy with their comedy back in the day, um, if you even want to call that comedy. Um, <laughs> but uh, but yeah. So I uh, oh, we got the kiddo drop. Look at that. Oh yes. Oh, we do. Oh, the glass cat messes with kiddo. <laughs> Not sure that. how he turned the glass. The glass cat turned kiddo into a glass kiddo. Oh, well, it says but there's that's some kind awesome. Of elixir there. So yeah, I don't know if it says elixir of life. <clears throat> Can't. Um, I don't know. I'll I'll open it up. Uh, it looks here. like kiddo has eaten a pizza and a soccer ball recently. Yeah, some chippos. Chips. We knew about that. We knew about that. Uh, uh, elixir of uh, 
transparency? <laughs> Maybe. Yeah, that's what it says. It looks like he's eating a football and a pumpkin, and this is great. It's really cute. Aww. All right. That'll be fun to color. Um, the hearts but, have to be red, but you know that. I do so. know that. So, okay. uh, but yeah, so, so, so far so good success wise in the fact that I can, I can make these on my own if I have to. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah. but, uh, the, there's a company in North Carolina that I, I looked up and they're like, they, they won't put out anything that has like content warning or, uh, adult content. Obviously, this none of this has adult content. I mean, if they wanted to be super picky and say, "Oh, Reefer Madness," that's not right, you know. I mean, they none of those none of these movies on on that I put on the drug one. I mean, they're all none of them are pro drugs, you know. So, uh, the with the exception of of really the FDA one that was put out, they were like st saying that yeah, they were studying the you know the effects of LSD and, and like, you know, on military bases and stuff or treating alcoholics and stuff like that. It was wild. So, um, so yeah, I don't know. Uh, uh, I need to call them and talk to them in person, but I wanted to make sure that I was able to, uh, you know, figure out the program, test them, uh, in my DVD player. And we tested them and they were great. It's a, it's a delight putting them together. Yeah. So, um, and I've got a stack of, uh, you know, I've used about three of them, but I got 12 more DVD RWs to, uh, make my master. And then I want to, uh, uh, after I talk to the company, I'm going to, you know, figure out I'm doing, I'll be doing the artwork, um, in a hard copy and scanning it in. Because I want to have hand illustrated stuff with some like collage work and stuff like that, yeah. um, and some you know different painting techniques and whatnot. And I'm pretty excited about the hand painted stuff that you're wanting to do because I, I love to see your uh, your fun wacky paintings you like to do. Yeah. <clears throat> when you get inspired, when you get inspired, it's it's pretty exciting. Yeah. So it, it so. so that's going to be the longest slog is is getting the artwork done. So, um, I'm going to aim to try and get the Halloween one and the drug one done first, and then we'll worry about the animation ones. And I'm also working on, uh, a silent horror, uh, collection, which I want to do Nosferatu, um, and, uh, Edison's Frankenstein and, um, Probably not Phantom of the Opera. I don't. I th don't think that's in the public domain. But what was the? What's the other one other than Nosferatu? The Golem uh, would be a yeah. good one. Um, Is there a Hunchback in public domain? Maybe, maybe. Um, yeah. But uh, but yeah, I'd like to try and do a silent horror one. That you know, because there are some other silent you know shorts and things like that. There's a beautiful, um, uh what do you call it uh free free use of uh, like open source copy of edison's frankenstein uh that is you know free so open source means you can do anything you want with it you can alter it you can mass produce it you can sell it whatever so uh so yeah so i think i want to try and do uh do that uh for one 
and um uh and yeah so i i thought uh that could be fun i hope i wonder if the man who laughed is uh public domain but we'll find out um so yeah uh where we're gonna you know see how things go with this company see if they're agreeable with uh, the content that we we have and if so we'll be producing um limited edition limited limited edition runs of 100 maybe 200 um and we'll do them in the slim cases i'm gonna see if they if they offer uh color slim cases if if they have red or something like that or you know um we'll see but if not it'll just have to be the standard black and i'm it's up in the air too because i can get them shrink wrapped for free but I kind of wanted them to be numbered, so mm-hmm. I was thinking about doing a numbering sticker, possibly. Um, uh, but I don't know. I, I I don't know if people would prefer it was numbered on the case or, um, you know, on a sticker on the shrink wrap. I'm not sure. But, I'm just think uh, all this out. But yeah, there's time to there's time to figure it out. But we've made significant progress already on acquiring the material, doing the research on. Uh, the um uh what library of congress website and uh the internet archive uh and you know just double checking that none of this stuff has any kind of copyright holder on it um and uh yeah so um anyway that's all i really have to say gonna be like a mixed tape for video yeah exactly and it'll, you know, and it'll have our humor kind of infused throughout on menus and, you know, the, the variety of content and, of course, the packaging, which I'm excited about. Um, mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, because I love, like, kind of schlocky, over, over-the-top packaging, so that's where I want to go with it. Um, yeah. And... Uh, you know, probably take you use some still shots. You know, of some of the the movies too. I can you know do screen grabs and you know print out thumbnail pictures to put on the back and stuff like that. Um, there's all kinds of things we can do, um, and um, and yeah. So that's that's where we are. We're 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 gonna see what happens. Um, and I, but I think it's something that would sell well in our store, and it's something you know. Hey, you know that's something our friends can buy. That to say, hey, there's a little piece of Voodoo Zombie boutique history, you know, because I love mm-hmm. the, I just love the idea of putting out our own stuff, you know, yeah. even though it's not our own stuff, but you know, you know, sharing it, and you know, not making a ton of money off of it like some of these companies do, um, you know, but getting it in people's hands uh, so they can, you know, learn the value of things that are largely forgotten so but um, and the same time that i think it's um pretty good because you're thinking about putting together a scary halloween one mm-hmm. and uh that would be just a good thing to hit play all there's some you know you have a party or you're trying to get in the mood for halloween and enjoy fall and you put in the the movie and then there's some halloween psas and halloween cartoons and it's just a good thing to get, you know, just get you into the season. Exactly. So we're kind of messing around with the idea of that, too. And you've yep. done a lot. You've done a lot on both of them. So. Yeah, I actually have five uh, 
five or six in the works right now yeah. of saved projects because there's sci-fi too that I want to do. Um, yeah. I want to do one with Metropolis and uh, maybe things to come if that's in the public domain. Um, we'll see. Um, but uh, but yeah, definitely Metropolis though. I, I, I love that movie and I'd love to have some fun with packaging for that. Um, but anyway, let's get to the Patchwork Girl of Oz so I can start coloring here. And uh, again, uh, Patchwork Girl of Oz. We've got chapters three and four tonight, read by Phil Chenevere. So here we go. Let's get back into this. Chapter three of The Patchwork Girl of Oz by L. Frank Baum. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter three. The Patchwork Girl Ojo examined this curious contrivance with wonder. The Patchwork Girl was taller than he when she stood upright, and her body was plump and rounded because it had been so neatly stuffed with cotton. Margolot had first made the girl's form from the patchwork quilt, and then she had dressed it with a patchwork skirt and an apron with pockets in it using the same gay material throughout. Upon the feet she had sewn a pair of red leather shoes with pointed toes. All the fingers and thumbs of the girl's hands had been carefully formed and stuffed and stitched at the edges with gold plates at the end to serve as fingernails. She will have to work when she comes to life, said Margolot. The head of the patchwork girl was the most curious part of her. While she waited for her husband to finish making his powder of life, the woman had found ample time to complete the head as her fancy dictated, and she realized that a good servant's head must be properly constructed. The hair was of brown yarn and hung down on her neck in several neat braids. Her eyes were two silver suspender buttons cut from a pair of the magician's old trousers, and they were sewed on with black threads which formed the pupils of the eyes. Margolot had puzzled over the ears for some time, for these were important if the servant was to hear distinctly, but finally she had made them out of thin plates of gold and attached them in places by means of stitches through tiny holes bored in the metal. Gold is the most common metal in the land of Oz, and is used for many purposes because it is soft and pliable. The woman had cut a slit for the patchwork girl's mouth, and sewn two rows of white pearls in it for teeth, using a strip of scarlet plush for a tongue. The mouth Ojo constructed very artistic and lifelike, and Morgulot was pleased when the boy praised it. There were almost too many patches on the face of the girl for her to be considered strictly beautiful, for one cheek was yellow and the other red, her chin blue, her forehead purple, and the center, where her nose had been formed and padded, a bright yellow. "'You ought to have had her face all pink,' suggested the boy. "'I suppose so, but I had no pink cloth,' replied the woman. "'Still I cannot see as if it matters much, 
for I wish my patchwork girl to be useful rather than ornamental. If I get tired looking at her patched face, I can whitewash it. Has she any brains? asked Ojo. No, I forgot all about the brains, exclaimed the woman. I am glad you reminded me of them, for it is not too late to supply them by any means. Until she is brought to life, I can do anything I please with this girl. But I must be careful not to give her too much brains, and those she has must be such as are fitted to the station she is to occupy in life. In other words, her brains mustn't be very good. Wrong, said Unc Nunky. No, I am sure I am right about that, returned the woman. He means, explained Ojo, that unless your servant has good brains, she won't know how to obey you properly, nor do the things you ask her to do. Well, that may be true, answered Morgulot, but on the contrary, a servant with too much brains is sure to become independent and high and mighty and feel above her work. This is a very delicate task, as I said, and I must take care to give the girl just the right amount of the right sort of brains. I want her to know just enough, but not too much. With this she went to another cupboard, which was filled with shelves. All the shelves were lined with blue glass bottles, neatly labeled by the magician to show what they contained. One whole shelf was marked Brain Furniture, and the bottles on this shelf were labeled as follows. Obedience, Cleverness, Judgment, Courage, Ingenuity, Amiability, Learning, Truth, Posy, Self-Reliance. Let me see, said Margolot. Of those qualities she must have, obedience first of all. And she took down the bottle bearing that label and poured from it upon a dish several grains of the contents. Amiability is also good and truth. She poured into the dish a quantity from each of these bottles. I think that will do, she continued, for the other qualities are not needed in a servant. Unc Nunky, who with Ojo stood beside her, touched the bottle marked cleverness. Little, said he. A little cleverness? Well, perhaps you are right, sir, said she, and was about to take down the bottle when the crooked magician suddenly called to her excitedly from the fireplace. Quick, Margolot, come and help me. She ran to her husband's side at once and helped him lift the four kettles from the fire. Their contents had all boiled away, leaving in the bottle of each kettle a few grains of fine white powder. Very carefully the magician removed this powder, placing it all together in a golden dish, where he mixed it with a golden spoon. When the mixture was complete, there was scarcely a handful all told. That said Dr. Pipt, in a pleased and triumphant tone, is the wonderful powder of life which I alone in the world know how to make. It has taken me nearly six years to prepare these precious grains of dust, but the little heap on that dish 
is worth the price of a kingdom, and many a king would give all he has to possess it. When it has become cooled, I will place it in a small bottle, but meantime I must watch it carefully, lest a gust of wind blow it away or scatter it. Unk Nunky, Morgulot, and the magician all stood looking at the marvelous powder, but Ojo was more interested just then in the patchwork girl's brains. Thinking it both unfair and unkind to deprive her of any good qualities that were handy, the boy took down every bottle on the shelf and poured some of the contents in Margolot's dish. No one saw him do this, for all were looking at the powder of life. But soon the woman remembered what she had been doing and came back to the cupboard. Let's see, she remarked. I was about to give my girl a little cleverness. Which is the doctor's substitute for intelligence? A quality he has not yet learned how to manufacture. Taking down the bottle of cleverness, she added some of the powder to the heap on the dish. Ojo became a bit uneasy at this, for he had already put quite a lot of the cleverness powder in the dish, but he dared not interfere, and so he comforted himself with the thought that one cannot have too much cleverness. Margolot now carried the dish of brains to the bench. Ripping the seam of the patch on the girl's forehead, she placed the powder within the head and then sewed up the seam as neatly and securely as before. "'My girl is all ready for your powder of life, my dear,' she said to her husband. But the magician replied, "'This powder must not be used before tomorrow morning, but I think it is now cool enough to be bottled.' He selected a small gold bottle with a pepper box top, so that the powder might be sprinkled on any object through the small holes." Very carefully, he placed the powder of life in the gold bottle and then locked it up in a drawer of his cabinet. At last, said he, rubbing his hands together gleefully, I have ample leisure for a good talk with my old friend Unc Nunky, so let us sit down cozily and enjoy ourselves. After stirring those four kettles for six years, I am glad to have a little rest. You will have to do most of the talking, said Ojo, for Unk is called the Silent One and uses few words. I know, but that renders your uncle a most agreeable companion and gossip, declared Dr. Pipt. Most people talk too much, so it is a relief to find one who talks too little. Ojo looked at the magician with much awe and curiosity. "'Don't you find it very annoying to be so crooked?' he asked. "'No, I am quite proud of my person,' was the reply. "'I suppose I am the only crooked magician in all the world. "'Some others are accused of being crooked, but I am the only genuine.' "'He was really very crooked, and Ojo wondered how he managed to do many things with such a twisted body.' When he sat down upon a crooked chair that had been made to fit him, one knee was under his chin and the other near the small of his back. 
but he was a cheerful man, and his face bore a pleasant and agreeable expression. I am not allowed to perform magic, except for my own amusement, he told his visitors, as he lighted a pipe with a crooked stem and began to smoke. Too many people were working magic in the land of Oz, and so our lovely Princess Ozma put a stop to it. I think she was quite right. There were several wicked witches who caused a lot of trouble, but now they are all out of business and only the great sorceress Glinda the Good is permitted to practice her arts, which never harm anybody. The Wizard of Oz, who used to be a humbug and knew no magic at all, has been taking lessons of Glinda, and I'm told he is getting to be a pretty good wizard, but he is merely the assistant of the great sorceress. I've the right to make a servant girl for my wife, you know, or a glass cat to catch our mice, which she refuses to do. But I am forbidden to work magic for others or to use it as a profession. Magic must be a very interesting study, said Ojo. It truly is, asserted the magician. In my time, I've performed some magical feats that were worthy of the skill of Glinda the Good. For instance, there's the powder of life and my liquid of petrifaction, which is contained in that bottle on the shelf yonder, over the window. What does the liquid of petrifaction do? inquired the boy. Turns everything it touches to solid marble. It's an invention of my own, and I find it very useful. Once two of those dreadful Kalidas, with bodies like bears and heads like tigers, came here from the forest to attack us, but I sprinkled some of that liquid on them, and instantly they turned to marble. I now use them as ornamental statuary in my garden. This table looks to you like wood, and once it really was wood, but I sprinkled a few drops of the liquid of petrifaction on it, and now it is marble. It will never break nor wear out. Fine, said Unc Nunky, wagging his head and stroking his long gray beard. Dear me, what a chatterbox you're getting to be, Unc, remarked the magician, who was pleased with the compliment. But just then there came a scratching at the back door, and a shrill voice cried, Let me in! Hurry up, can't you? Let me in! Margolot got up and went to the door. Ask like a good cat, then, she said. Meow! There, does that suit your royal highness? asked the voice in scornful accents. Yes, that's proper cat talk, declared the woman, and opened the door. At once a cat entered, came to the center of the room, and stopped short at the sight of strangers. Ojo and Unc Nunky both stared at it with wide-open eyes, for surely no such curious creature had ever existed before, even in the land of Oz. End of Chapter 3 You there, Suze? Hello? Huh. Yes, I'm here. I, I had a trouble with my mute button there. Oh, okay. The drawing looks lovely. 
Always fun to color. Yes, Nosferudi. <laughs> oh yeah. Uh classic from Joe. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that was fun uh, coloring all the different stuff in, inside his his tummy. So cute. Uh, Give him little pink brains, all that fun stuff. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, so uh, that was uh, that was a real treat. Good job, as always, uh, Foxfire. Appreciate that very much. Lovely mm-hmm. artwork. So uh, yeah, the next chapter is all about the glass cat, Suze. Love it. Love it. You excited? Yes. Very all cute. Right. Let's find out more about the glass cat. Chapter 4 of The Patchwork Girl of Oz by L. Frank Baum. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter 4 The Glass Cat. The cat was made of glass, so clear and transparent that you could see through it as easily as through a window. In the top of its head, however, was a mass of delicate pink balls, which looked like jewels, and it had a heart made of a blood-red ruby. The eyes were two large emeralds, but aside from these colors, all the rest of the animal was clear glass, and it had a spun-glass tail that was really beautiful. "'Well, Doc Pipped, do you mean to introduce us or not?' demanded the cat in a tone of annoyance. Seems to me you are forgetting your manners. Excuse me, returned the magician. This is Unc Nucky, the descendant of the former kings of the Munchkins, before this country became a part of the land of Oz. He needs a haircut, observed the cat, washing its face. (laughs) True, replied Unc, with a low chuckle of amusement. But he has lived alone in the heart of the forest for many years, the magician explained. And although that is a barbarous country, there are no barbers there. Who is the dwarf? asked the cat. That is not a dwarf, but a boy, answered the magician. You have never seen a boy before. He is now small because he is young. With more years, he will grow big and become as tall as Unc Nunky. Oh! "'Is that magic?' the glass animal inquired. "'Yes, but it is nature's magic, "'which is more wonderful than any art known to man. "'For instance, my magic made you and made you live, "'and it was a poor job because you are useless and a bother to me, "'but I can't make you grow. "'You will always be the same size.' And the same saucy, inconsiderate glass cat with pink brains and a hard ruby heart. No one can regret more than I the fact that you made me, asserted the cat, crouching upon the floor and slowly swaying its spun glass tail from side to side. Your world is a very uninteresting place. I've wandered through your gardens and in the forest until I'm tired of it all. And when I come into the house, the conversation of your fat wife and of yourself bores me dreadfully. That is because I gave you different brains from those we ourselves possess, and much too good for a cat, returned Dr. Pipt. 
Can't you take em out, then, and replace em with pebbles, so that I won't feel above my station in life? asked the cat pleadingly. Perhaps so. I'll try it after I've brought the patchwork girl to life, he said. The cat walked up to the bench on which the patchwork girl reclined and looked at her attentively. Are you going to make that dreadful thing live? she asked. The magician nodded. It is intended to be my wife's servant maid, he said. When she is alive, she will do all our work and mind the house. And you are not to order her around, Bungle, as you do us. You must treat the patchwork girl respectfully. I won't. I couldn't respect such a bundle of scraps under any circumstances. If you don't, there will be more scraps than you will like, cried Margolot angrily. Why didn't you make her pretty to look at? asked the cat. You made me pretty, very pretty indeed, and I love to watch my pink brains roll around when they're working, and to see my precious red heart beat. She went to a long mirror as she said this, and stood before it looking at herself with an air of much pride. But that poor patched thing will hate itself when she's once alive, continued the cat. If I were you, I'd use her for a mop and make another servant that is prettier. You have a perverted taste, snapped Margolot, much annoyed at this frank criticism. I think the patchwork girl is beautiful, considering what she's made of. Even the rainbow hasn't as many colors, and you must admit that the rainbow is a pretty thing. The glass cat yawned and stretched herself upon the floor. Have your own way, she said. I'm sorry for the patchwork girl, that's all. Ojo and Unc Nunky slept that night in the magician's house, and the boy was glad to stay because he was anxious to see the patchwork girl brought to life. The glass cat was also a wonderful creature to little Ojo, who had never seen or known anything of magic before, although he had lived in the fairyland of Oz ever since he was born. Back there in the woods, nothing unusual ever happened. Unc Nunky, who might have been king of the Munchkins, had not his people united with all the other countries of Oz in acknowledging Ozma as their sole ruler, had retired into this forgotten forest nook with his baby nephew, and they had lived all alone there. Only that the neglected garden had failed to grow food for them, they would always have lived in the solitary blue forest. But now they had started out to mingle with other people, and the first place they came to proved so interesting that Ojo could scarcely sleep a wink all night. Margolot was an excellent cook and gave them a fine breakfast. While they were all engaged in eating, the good woman said, This is the last meal I shall have to cook for some time, for right after breakfast Dr. Pipt has promised to bring my new servant to life. I shall let her wash the breakfast dishes and sweep and dust the house. What a relief it will be! It will indeed relieve you of much drudgery, said the magician. By the way, Margolot, 
I thought I saw you getting some brains from the cupboard while I was busy with my kettles. What qualities have you given your new servant? Only those that a humble servant requires, she answered. I do not wish her to feel above her station, as the glass cat does. That would make her discontented and unhappy, for of course she must always be a servant. Ojo was somewhat disturbed as he listened to this, and the boy began to fear he had done wrong in adding all those different qualities of brains to the lot Margolot had prepared for the servant. But it was too late now for regret, since all the brains were securely sewn up inside the patchwork girl's head. He might have confessed what he had done and thus allowed Margolot and her husband to change the brains, but he was afraid of incurring their anger. He believed that Unc had seen him add to the brains, and Unc had not said a word against it. But then Unc never did say anything unless it was absolutely necessary. As soon as breakfast was over, they all went into the magician's big workshop, where the glass cat was lying before the mirror, and the patchwork girl lay limp and lifeless upon the bench. Now then, said Dr. Pipt in a brisk tone, we shall perform one of the greatest feats of magic possible to man, even in this marvelous land of Oz. In no other country could it be done at all. I think we ought to have a little music while the patchwork girl comes to life. It is pleasant to reflect that the first sounds her golden ears will hear will be delicious music. As he spoke, he went to a phonograph, which was screwed flat to a small table, and wound up the spring of the instrument and adjusted the big gold horn. The music my servant will usually hear, remarked Morgulot, will be my orders to do her work. But I see no harm in allowing her to listen to this unseen band while she wakens to her first realization of life. My orders will beat the band afterward. The phonograph was now playing a stirring march tune, and the magician unlocked his cabinet and took out the gold bottle containing the powder of life. They all bent over the bench on which the patchwork girl reclined. Unc Nunky and Margolot stood behind near the windows. Ojo at one side and the magician in front, where he would have freedom to sprinkle the powder. The glass cat came near, too, curious to watch the important scene. All ready? asked Dr. Pipt. All is ready, answered his wife. So the magician leaned over and shook from the bottle some grains of the wonderful powder, and they fell directly on the patchwork girl's head and arms. End of chapter 4 Sneaked up on me again. So there you go. Uh, what do you think so far, Suze, of the patchwork girl? Is it jarring uh, your memory at all? It is. Um, it's kind of a... It, it is um, a cliffhanger there. Like, oh, and we're about to sprinkle the powder of life. 
Yeah, it is definitely you know? a cliffhanger in that sense. I know. I mean, come on, come on. Tell me what's going on here. <laughs> well, I mean, you could you could make anything come to life. Anything. Anything. Your books, your books could be your friends. Sure. You know, you could make anything like your microwave. I don't know. Sure. Put glue googly eyes on it and sprinkle some powder life on it, and it's your bud. Yeah. And that's what the gump was. I mean, didn't they? Have we yeah. talked about the gump yet? Uh, yeah, that was the gump was in um, Ozma of Oz, wasn't wasn't he? Yeah, but he was an escape. Like they had to get the heck out of there, so they uh, yeah, yeah. They sure I did. tried to send myself a picture of my Jeliza Rose. Oh, show you. How cute and haughty she is. The glass cat is very haughty. <laughs> I don't know. Would you like a haughty pet? Yeah. I think we kind of have one. We kind of do. A little bit. <laughs> well, it's little... only because she's better than us. I mean, come on. Yeah. <laughs> that kitten's better than everybody. Yeah, well, so. she's she's very shy, though, actually. But she is a lovely animal. And I sent a picture to myself so I could uh, post it in the chat room, and I can't find it. So She is a delight. When Well, she's one of those animals where you can't believe she's actually being nice to you. And so you just stop everything and just, <laughs> like, pet her. Because it just makes you so happy. That's but her. she is pretty. Like, people, when I take her to the vet, she, they're like, is, there, is that a fancy breed of cat? I'm like, no. Nope, it is just a cat that showed off on my aunt's back porch. She's just a runt. Yeah, she just is a little runt. a fluffy runty, little but... runt. Yeah, but she's fluffy. She has long hair. Like Because I, I always wanted a cat like the glass cat with its long fur. And oh, yeah. I don't know. I love those cats. Well, Pain that was that was a lot of fun uh, again to color that that picture. You know, I like that one. You know, yeah, she throws nice. Throws the uh, Foxfire likes to throw me a curveball on things from time to time, and that's that's. Uh, you know, I was like, well, let me see. Should I? You know, uh, but I was like, well, no, no. It, the background needs to match the color of you know, yeah, the transparent critters. So yeah, that's that's pretty good for making a critter transparent. That's yeah. what a transparent critter would look like. Yep. If there was such a thing. If there was And such Kiddo a thing. has just become the newest transparent critter in town. Yes, yes. So, uh, but yeah, that was uh, that was pretty fun. And again, you know, keeping with tradition of late, uh, I don't see any crime in wrapping up the show a little bit early. Uh, cause I really don't have much else to say and I need to get something else to eat. I had, I didn't have enough to eat. So <laughs> me too. I'd like to have yeah. something before it gets too, too late and, um, and stuff, mm -hmm. but, uh, but yeah, so we'll go ahead and uh, start wrapping things up that thanks everybody for checking out the show tonight. Again, we I'll make a post tomorrow about it, but we're taking, uh, the night off from, it came from Cleveland for independence day weekend and uh, we'll be back with everybody next week. And I hope everything is okay with Miles and Michelle and their fish tank disaster. I feel really terrible about that. 
So a little better. I think they saved some of the fish and some yeah. of them are. But what a thing getting to have to clean better, up. But I know that's yeah. just awful. But yeah, we um just remember that uh time for go to bed is brought to you by Voodoo Zombie Boutique. If there is no, it came from Cleveland. You're available 24 hours a day shopping experience <laughs> for physical media on Voodoo Zombie Boutique. Yep. We're always yep. shipping and uh, we're, we're, we're slinging things out the door. So. Yep. Uh, but yeah, so everybody uh, have a, again, have a, a super pleasant and safe weekend. And uh, thank you for checking out the show. And we'll be back on both of our shows next week uh, with new and delightful things to discuss with everyone. And books else? are fun. Last word. Books are fun, right, Heather? There we you go. have a good week now. All right. Happy Fourth, everybody. Time for go to bed.